There it is. I knew it was there somewhere. I can only mean one thing. Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, RT. Good morning, Rick. How are you? Oh, I am fine. Well, that's good. We, we uh, by the skin of our teeth, the uh, the gutter cleaners outside my office just finished. <laughs> okay. So we will not hear roaring in the background. <laughs> well, thank God for that. So, uh, do you have a ride of the week for us? Yes, the ride of the week, okay, is the Chevy Bolt EV. That's the, uh, the Chevy Bolt EV Premier version. Okay, this is Chevy's uh, five-passenger subcompact. Uh, they call it a station wagon. And, uh, oh, this is the uh, comparable to several of other vehicles on the road that uh, are competing with it. The, uh, the Chevy Volt Premier is uh, the electric vehicle. It's got, oh... A range, when I plug it in, it says it's got a 270-mile range right on a full charge. The EPA mm-hmm. numbers are 250 miles on a full charge. Hmm. And Not uh, bad. Yeah, well, you need a, uh, you should have a 240-volt a charger. Other than that, if you try to run it on 120 volts, it'll take uh, 55 hours from <laughs> zero to a full charge. Although you never go to zero, right? That, uh, that's kind of a a long time to wait. And uh, when I was driving the car, that uh, it gives you the the expected range. Then it gives you the range if you are super efficient in driving, or not so efficient than using the air conditioner or other things. And uh, I turned on the air conditioner, and right away the number that it was giving me for range dropped forty miles. But uh, some features on the car, it comes with an eight-year, 100,000-mile electric uh, propulsion powertrain warranty. You even have a heated rear seats and a heated steering wheel. And the EPA uh, fuel economy in miles per gallon equivalent, which is kind of a odd number, but it's 118. Mm-hmm. It's... Uh, 127 in the city and 108 on the highway. And the car is five-star safety rated. Now, the uh, the list price, because it was the premier version, the uh, list price is it's kind of high. It was like 41820 And then with the options, such as the fast charger for using a fast charging with DC, you can put 100 miles of range in in 30 minutes, that's a $750 option. And the, with all the other options, such as the um, driver convenience and safety packages and delivery, it was up to 43735 which seems kind of high for a subcompact car. But uh, if you do a little research, you'll find that the uh, the federal incentive for the Chevy Bolt is no longer there because uh-huh. they sold so many of them. But because of that, there are dealers that are giving some pretty whopping uh, discounts on it. The, you, you can get the base model for 37500 including delivery, but then you can get 
a dealer rebate, and some of these go up to $8,000, hmm. which can be pretty impressive in bringing the car down a more reasonable price. And it's kind of in the range of the, the vehicles that compete with it. The, uh, the other five-passenger electric vehicle, the Tesla Model 3, which has 250 miles range and cost about uh, 38000 for suggested MSRP, suggested retail price. But again, you can get uh, deals along like the Hyundai Kona has 258 miles range, and that's just over 37000 list price. And the Kia Nero, which gets 239 miles range, and that's just a little over 39000 but the Hyundai and the Kia also still have the, the federal incentive for plug-in vehicles. Plus, oh. you may have a, a state incentive. So if you're looking at one of these uh, small electric cars, don't just look at the list price. Uh, see what kind of a deal you can get. And I'm sure you can get a deal. Yeah, all right. Well, it sounds like a pretty good uh, package to me. And, of course, uh, you know, being a... A fancier and uh, proponent of uh, electric vehicles. It's uh, that's good to hear. I, l- I love the uh, two hundred fifty uh, plus mile range. That's very nice. Yeah, that's always good to be able to get to where you're going. <laughs> it is, and of course there are the uh, you know you have to look for the uh, fast charging stations. I mean, if you're going any distance, and there, there are more and more of them, and, and there are apps you can get for your phone that will you know locate all the uh, the high-speed uh, charging stations in your area. So, right, and many of these are on the interstate. Right, so exactly. Could, uh, yeah. Keep going, grab a, grab a burger while socially distancing <laughs> right. at the rest area. All right, well, that sounds good. Uh, any more uh, automotive news you have? Oh, yes, we've got uh, a few automotive-related things. The uh, In Australia, there's a... The Australian auto industry is kind of depressed, but there's still a company trying to come up with a fuel cell vehicle, a startup called H2X, and they're looking to have a fuel cell vehicle on the road in 2022, and it's going to use fuel cells, ultracapacitors for quick acceleration, and a lithium-ion battery as a buffer. And uh, again, in Australia, there's not many... uh, hydrogen fueling stations, so they were originally going to come out with uh, models for transport companies that can have maybe their own fueling stations, but then come out with an SUV with uh, excuse me, 403-mile range on a charge of hydrogen fuel. Hmm. So good luck to them. And, uh, you know, if you can get the infrastructure up, that uh, fuel cells might be a good alternative. Right, right. And uh, then uh, news from uh, Tesla. The Tesla Model S Long Range Plus version has just been announced, which gives you 402 miles range. Hmm. And the way that uh, they, they said that Tesla said that the battery isn't anything different it's a 20% increase in range, but what they've done is the car is lighter weight. They've made lightweight improvements in materials and assembly, 
and some gearbox changes to uh, optimize uh, mileage. And they've also have uh, regenerative braking comes on at lower speeds, and there's more aerodynamic wheels to further improve uh, range. Mm. And uh, let's see. And finally, in an automotive-related item here, the New England Motor Press Association, we were fortunate enough to have a presentation, a virtual presentation from Nissan with... uh, their lead designer in the American Design Office, uh, Hiran Patel. And it was an interesting uh, presentation on how a car is realized, like what goes into a car and what factors go into the car design. And uh, he says that he's basically always sketching new vehicles, him and the other designers, and what he's he starts out with drawing the wheels, and everything else fits within the wheels. Mm-hmm. But the key, he says, in setting up the size for the vehicle that you're designing is the engine or the power plant, that the engine sets up the size of the front of the car or the batteries set up the, the size of the, the storage area for batteries, and then you design the car from there. And uh, he said the designers are always uh, competing with each other. They'll have several ideas, and these get winnowed down. Uh, oh, they, they'll have a concept, and then they'll look at the, what the competition's doing, what the customers are wanting, uh, wanting and then uh, trends for the future. And uh, so the designers compete with each other. Several of the designs get winnowed down, and then they got to fit everything in the vehicle, packaging, fitting the people, fitting the systems in. And then uh, that happens fairly, uh, oh, maybe halfway through the design process from concept to uh, production. And then after that, it's a case of, okay, what's the budget for this car? Can we get it in under a certain price, considering the, the size of the car in the market? And then comes uh, manufacturing the car very efficiently to keep the price down and uh, go from there. While he, he was talking about mostly cars, he did highlight like with trucks. He said with trucks, the look you go for is an indestructible look. You want your truck to look like it's going to last and haul and do everything else. Mm. So it was a kind of interesting all the factors that go into the design of a vehicle all right interesting now did the uh, the tesla mentioned did that qualify as the musk minute for today or? yeah i would say that and qualifies as a <laughs> musk minute but we also have uh, the news that uh, now we have the uh, two nasa astronauts at the international space station delivered by the spacex crew dragon capsule and they're waiting to come back in a couple of weeks. And Elon Musk now says that SpaceX will focus their number one priority on the Starship, the uh, the universal rocket to go to the moon and Mars and mm. uh, and so on, which uh, has had its stumbles lately down in Texas. So we'll 
have to see where that goes. He says, other than getting the the astronauts back safely, Starship is the number one priority for SpaceX. Mm. All right. Yes, definitely needs seems to need some work there. So. Yes. Okay. And speaking of space. Yes. Okay. We'll go to the Mars rover that's going to launch next month. Okay. The Mars rover Perseverance. And uh, NASA has been highlighting lately how it's going to use terrain relative navigation in landing on the uh, Jezero crater on Mars that's 28 miles wide. It's got a lot of boulders and cliffs and so on. And they say that what they're going to do is use, uh, they call it terrain relative navigation. It's basically map and uh, map matching and and image matching. They have orbital images of the crater, fairly detailed, and when the spacecraft is coming down on its thrusters, it'll match the uh, the area where where it is to the maps that it has stored in it. And this way it could guide itself to an area that would be uh, less hazardous for putting down the rover. Mm. It's, they said it's kind of like the Apollo astronauts uh, looking down at their landmarks when they were landing to uh, make sure they got the, the right uh, landing zone that they were looking for. Right. Instead, the, the, the map matching will, done by, will be done by the computer. And you can, uh, you can see this on the, on the web that, uh, where they tested this on a helicopter in Death Valley which they said was similar to Mars terrain. Hmm. All right. Uh, any other tech news you have for us today? Okay, yeah. The, for a final, uh, final item from the University of Pennsylvania. Now, it, uh, they've developed an injectable gel that helps heart muscles regenerate. Now, heart muscles, if you have a heart attack, the heart muscle becomes injured and they don't regenerate. But by using what they call microRNA, it's a, a form of RNA that, and injecting this into mice, this would start, it stops the signals that keeps the tissue from regenerating itself. And so by putting this in mice, they could regenerate tissues in mice hearts that uh, to help heal them after heart attacks. And so the next step of this is using it on uh, more human-like hearts and pigs to see how that works. And the microRNA therapies, uh, they've been used before, but the problem with it is it, they're very short-lived relatively uh, for maybe like less than, say, 8 to 10 hours. And, and if you... Uh, you have to be careful using them because you might have uh, effects on other parts of the body. But by being able to inject them directly into the heart, you concentrate on the area where you want to heal. And so they, they will be using that technique rather than in, injecting it in, maybe into the body where it could have effects on other organs. So that is encouraging for anyone who uh, ends up having a heart attack in the future. Right. Very interesting. 
Okay. Well, I, I guess that's a wrap for today. Yeah, that's a wrap for today. Glad we could get together. Yeah, absolutely. You know, thanks for, for joining us here. And that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.